Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Well, after this last blast of summer heat and humidity here in New York City, we're all looking to renew and re-energize for the new fall season. That said, before we bring on our star guest, I just want to say a quick on-air hello, as I do each week, to the person who keeps me renewed and re-energized all year long, and that would be my producer, Laura. Houston. Hi, Laurie. <laughs> Hi, Jane. How are you? Oh. Well, Laurie, you know that I'm a I'm 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 big on exercise, right? Oh yes, huge. Okay. And unfortunately I've given up my hopes of winning the Red Bull Cliff Diving Championships, but Aww. I do work out. That that I gave up a while back, but but I do work out with music. And my very favorite genre of all is country music. And you know, we recently had Tim McGraw on the show and, and today we have the latest sensation on the country music scene. He is Eric Pasley. He is a platinum selling Grammy nominee, singer songwriter. USA Today calls Eric flat out brilliant. An American songwriter named him an influencer of country music. He has a critically acclaimed self-titled album and he has written numerous number one hits for fellow country music stars. In the last year, Eric has joined friends Chris Young and Brad Paisley on tour, and he is currently performing with Toby Keith as part of the Interstates and Tailgates tour. But what some of his fans may not know is that Eric is also on a mission to empower everyone with type 1 diabetes to live li- to live their lives to the fullest. He himself was diagnosed with it when he was 10 years old, And he and I are going to talk about what he personally does to manage it through lifestyle modifications and by using a revolutionary new system called Dexcom CGM. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all the kind words. Oh, well, it is, it is our pleasure, and, and they are all true. In fact, I have a list in front of me of all your accomplishments in country music, but I can't read them because we only have about a half hour. <laughs> so. uh-huh. oh, but Eric, yeah. before before we talk about your personal journey with diabetes and, and how you now control and monitor it, I would love to know more about your career. Now, you started playing guitar at age of, I believe, at 15. You know, I started at that age, too, and today I can play exactly one note of If I Had a Hammer. That's my entire repertoire. That is many, many, many years later. Now, I know you grew up in, in, in Texas. How did all roads yeah. eventually lead to Nashville and superstardom? Walk, walk us through that, if you will. Yeah, and I grew up in Texas, kind of always had music floating around, and uh, but really started playing when I was 15. And the wild thing is, because uh, I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 10, I just had such great doctors and nurses that I, I've, up until I was probably 17 or 18, um, I thought I was going to be a, a pediatric endocrinologist and just help kids with diabetes and uh, just know, just letting them know that I could relate to them because I have diabetes myself and just always thought, well, I could do that. 
and then caught that music bug and met some people that told me I wasn't half bad and, and uh, realized that, you know, I need to go do music and, and I'm glad that I get to tie that together now with, with diabetes and help kids with diabetes and, and just help people be aware of what's out there to, to help them with this, manage their diabetes. And, uh, but it really is a cool journey of just going from, from Texas to Nashville. I moved up there when I was 20, uh, studied music business and which led to internships, which led to music publishing deals where I got to write songs, hoping to get a record deal and, uh, signed a record deal. And a couple months later, I had my first hit as a songwriter. So I just, just trying to confuse everybody, <laughs> but it really is fun. Just, uh, getting to meet all these artists and everything. That's really cool. Y'all had Tim McGraw on, on the show. He's a good dude. I always love getting to see him at the, at the award show family reunions and all that. But it's, uh, it's just a cool community to be a part of uh, getting to play music and, and go, being on the road with all the people you told everyone we were on the road with, finishing up the tour with Toby Keith and just getting to meet all the cool country fans all over the country. Now you think, I mean, you're born with a, a talent to write shows. I mean, is it something that you're just born with? Were you, were you singing before you were talking kind of thing or, and, and walking? Or is that something that you picked up, just a talent for that? Or you think, I don't know, I think it's a, I think it's a gift to be musically talented. I do. I, I totally agree. I think it's a gift um, just to be able to, to sing a song where people believe you. But also, just I'm, I'm grateful I get to write songs too. Just how you can go in the room and, and catch a song, you know, it's it's like it's waiting there for you. You just have to be unafraid to to say the the dumb lines to get to the great ones, you know. And sometimes the dumb lines are the ones that people love, and that's what make, what makes them smile through the day. And you never know what what a song wants to be said. But it, it really is great when you get to go in and capture songs. And uh, just cool. We've I've got a song out called Angels in This Town right now, and getting to do a lot of cool things with that. We're in New York City right now and, and just uh, went to the memorial yesterday for the first time and yeah. getting to see that and just thinking about all the angels in this town that helped on, on that day and, and just that are still doing that. We get to do this. We were at a children's hospital yesterday getting to talk to all the endocrinologists, doctors and, and nurses that help with kids with diabetes and, and just got to thank them for being angels in this town for helping those kids. We get a habitat built. It's just, it really is cool just what music can do to bring all kinds of different people together. It just, it really is cool. And just, especially right now in the season of my life, getting to tie together diabetes with music and with people that do great things every day. It's just, it's really special to get to do that. I know Angels in this town, it's, it's, it is particularly meaningful for you, as you said, because it celebrates not only the, the unexplained miracles, but also, as you said, the local heroes around the world. So it's wonderful to be able to express yourself through, through music. So, Eric, let's talk a little bit about your health journey. Um, more and more celebrities are really now opening. They're, they're, they're admitting that they have diabetes in hopes that they can turn, um, they can inspire others to take better care of themselves. Um, you know, Dr. Phil, for example, he was recently on the show and he said he had type 2 for about 25 years. You were diagnosed with type 1 um, in 1993, right? I was, yeah. Yeah. Now, my mask... 
my my math skills are worse than my guitar playing, but that that was twenty three years ago, and you're you're yeah, twenty three now, right. right? That sounds about right, right? That oh, sounds good. Now. Okay, great. and great. so oh. you were you were as I said, you were ten. I got that one right, right? Um, I was. Yeah, how, I'm a how, good thirty three years old now. Yeah. How is it discovered? I mean, it's not something that you don't take a test at ten for for diabetes as a rule. That's not part of your right. physical at your pediatrician. So how was yours discovered? You know, I, I'm grateful. My my grandmother was a nurse's assistant, and her job was to was to prick people's fingers and test their blood to see if they had diabetes. And uh, so, I, I after school, I'd go over to her house. We had a bunch of cousins and friends that lived around her house, and was just playing. And I'd come in and drink a gallon. I mean, just tons of water. And then go back outside, then come in and drink water, and then go back outside. And it, it was just she started seeing those signs of, of, wow, I think Eric might have juvenile diabetes. And uh, thank goodness that was, I only really had symptoms for maybe two or three weeks um, and she caught it really quick. So I'm grateful that she, uh, that she caught that and, and realized that something was going on. And remember my eyes, I, I was starting to get a little bit of blurry vision. And, but the main thing was just uh, unending thirst for, for anything, you know, uh, just trying to flush that sugar out of me, but it, it really is. Uh, I'm grateful that that kind of that that happened and that she had had that job that discovered it. But um, it's just kind of seeing those symptoms to make sure, you know, if if you have a kid or if you yourself are just thirsty all the time and and getting a little blurry vision, it's just go to your doctor and make sure that something isn't majorly wrong. You know, other than you just need to drink more water. <laughs> I think yeah, other than you really are but, thirsty. Um, <laughs> everybody needs to drink water. But, um, <laughs> but um, it really is wild. And just had great doctors, a great doctor named Dr. Ponder that that just really taught me well. And, and as a kid, got to go to a camp called Lions Camp. Uh, the Texas Lions Club puts together, just has this great camp. And uh, every year I got to go meet other kids with diabetes, knowing that I wasn't the only one that had diabetes. I wasn't the only odd kid that had to go see the nurse for a juice box and crackers when my blood sugar level got low, you know. So it was just cool to to know that I wasn't the only outsider in the world of having juvenile diabetes and, and getting to meet the great doctors and nurses that educated me to, to go, when you eat this, you need to do this, you know, take your insulin. And, and that's so cool with Dexcom now, getting to wear this device. It's like I almost have brand new eyes of, of, as a diabetic on what I eat and uh, just how I take care of myself and, and making sure that I don't have those really high highs and the really low lows. And right. uh, just, right. uh, it really is amazing. Now, Eric, let's just backtrack uh, just a little bit. From from what I know, type 2, type two diabetes, uh, which is unfortunately becoming more and more prevalent these days, means that the body isn't able to, to use insulin the right way. And that can sort of happen at any stage in life. In type 1 diabetes, um, I gather the body's immune system destroys the cells that release the insulin, and eventually it, it eliminates the insulin production. So it's far more serious, is it not, than type 2? Yeah, I mean, I, as a type 1 diabetic, your body doesn't produce any insulin um, eventually. So, yeah, it's an autoimmune problem where your, your body, for some reason, thinks that the cells that make insulin are a virus. So my body's decided that uh, those, those cells are bad. So... I'm totally insulin dependent, so I, I I personally wear insulin pump, and through injections or some way, type one diabetics have to 
have to have insulin. And uh, so it's always a balancing act of you eat this amount of food, how much insulin do you give yourself? And uh, and, and with type 2 diabetes, I mean, I'm not an endocrinologist. I'm not a professional. Right. But yes, it's, it's more of those, those cells are wearing out and, and the pills or, or insulin take care of yourself that way. But it's, um, it, it's just always balancing what you put in your body, how much insulin or, or, or the main thing, just watching what you eat is, a, is an important thing with both diabetes. But, um, now how, but it Eric, really is. It's an amazing, uh-huh. How, as a, as a 10 year old in school, you know, when kids go to a school, I mean, I have three kids they are older now, but when they went to school, I mean, there was so much sugar. I mean, they almost got sugar highs. You could, you could put it in your veins. <laughs> there was so much sugar. Right. How did you, right. how were you able when you were little to monitor? Did you have to watch everything you ate in the school cafeteria? Did you have to bring lunch? I mean, were you sort of compromised and, and what impact did it have on, on a young life? Um, I just, I had, I, I was taught really well just to watch what I ate with that. But I, I, I don't know. I'm grateful. Everybody always asks if I was angry that I had diabetes. And I was, I think I'm more grateful that I was born in a time that there's, that, that I can be taken care of and actually live, you know. And uh, there's just such cool technology. And, and when, you know, when I was 10 years old, it was, you had, you had to do finger pricks. So you had your meter and you put the test strip in and, probably listeners and you've seen this happen where people test their blood, put it on a test strip and it gives you mm-hmm. a number to where you know if you need to eat something or give yourself insulin or if you're fine and uh, just now with the Dexcom CGM it's it's mind-blowing it's every every five minutes I get a reading on my on my smartphone that tells me what my blood sugar level is at without doing a finger prick and it's amazing oh wow so I can just watch the exact, I mean, I can drink a little glass of juice and see what it does to my blood sugar level. If I'm low, you know, it, it really is wild. You just, it shows you a graph and everything. So, I mean, every dot, all the dots are literally connected um, when when you have a CGM on you. It's amazing. And it's changed my life completely, especially as a performer, as a professional singer out on the road. Um, my wife is usually in Nashville, and she can even see it on her phone. So she knows what my blood sugar level is at, even right now when I'm talking to you. And uh, going, okay, he's good. And uh, or go eat lunch in a little bit, you know. And it's uh, it really is amazing. And like with finger pricks, when you when you test on a meter, it, it gives you a number, but it doesn't tell you if your blood sugar level is going up or down or stable. And uh, with with Dexcom, it, it's wild. On my phone, it'll show you the arrow up, or, or you know, it, it, it's the GPS of your blood sugar level. It shows you exactly where you're going and kind of where you, what road you need to follow to stay healthy. And it, now, it really is amazing. I'm going to ask you a, a very dumb question, but you know something? It, it, I read that it even connects, and you just said it connects to your smartphone. And you know, I can't even connect to my smartphone, so it's just I'm so impressed with this <laughs> with this device. Easy. How does it measure if it doesn't take your blood? How does it do it? <laughs> what does it do? It's just a small sensor that that's under your skin. You, you change it out every oh, okay. week. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's you don't even know it's there. It's mind blowing. Actually, the first time that I changed it out, I thought that the sensor was, I, like, I, it was still in me because it's so small. I, I, I was like, where did it go? And then I realized it's so small that it, it really is amazing. Very, very small sensor that, that's under your skin and you change it out every week. But it's, uh, 
it's an amazing technology. I think I've even been told it's wrapped in platinum. So I, I keep telling everyone I'm going to save all these sensors. And, you know, when I'm like 120, I'll have like a small coin. Actually, I'm not doing that. That's a joke. But it's, 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 it's amazing technology. All your sensors. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, what are these? My wife's like, what's this box full of? No. Uh, those are my uh, sensors, really dear. Yes. Um, yeah. It, so, it really is amazing technology, though. Now, if it shows, uh, just uh, bear with me, because again, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know how this works. But if it shows you're you're low on sugar, you have sugar, or if you're high on sugar, what are your what are the levels that you want? You just want a, a regular uh, stream of of blood sugar, and if it's low, you have to eat more. If it's high, you you don't eat the what What do you have to do to regulate it diet wise? Let's say. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's keeping a steady blood sugar level and and making sure that that yes when you're when, when your blood sugar levels low it means you you definitely need to eat something and and uh and just keep your blood sugar level steady the biggest thing with with diabetes health is not as not having a roller coaster of blood sugar levels so you don't want to go from 70 to 200 to 70 to 200 to 70 to 200 all the time and uh it just really helps you stay on a steady blood sugar level when you know where your blood's going but but yeah, if a lot of times uh, when your blood sugar level goes low, yes, you need you definitely need you need food in you, and when your blood sugar level's high, you need insulin, and uh, it's just always that balancing act. And uh, just I'm grateful that I live in a time where there's so many tools that we can use. And also, I'll admit I dragged my feet for a long time. Uh, I knew that CGM existed, I knew that Dexcom existed, and I just didn't do it. And, and I, I mean, it's always when you finally give in and you get, like with everybody, you finally got a, the cell phone. It's like, how did I live without a cell phone? Right. You know, not being connected with my family or knowing what they're doing. And uh, it's the same way I feel about having Dexcom now. It's, I don't know how I live without it going, this is so amazing. How I don't know how, I'll never not live without it now, being that I know how cool it is to have it, to be able to monitor my my blood sugar level by just flipping my phone and it shows up it's like wow and uh i am impressed (laughs) for someone that is not electronically inclined as Lori will attest (laughs) i am i am very impressed how this device works um first first i have to 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 master how to turn on this (laughs) the phones I don't mean, I can't. When anything yeah. goes wrong with my computer, it's like the end of the world. I don't know. You know, the tech it immediately called the tech, right? So um, yeah. now, um, you know, I've, you were talking about how you've become a, an advocate for patients living with this disease, and you perform concerts, you meet with campers. You, you mentioned the Texas Lions Camp for Children, um, and you also support the JDRF, which is the leading global organization funding type one diabetes research. Now, let's talk a little bit about that that effort, and also your angel visits. Yeah. Um having juvenile diabetes we get to do a lot of fundraisers and everything for jdrf just to help research and that's always cool uh we always try to do at least one show in nashville a year to raise money for that so it's just always cool to do that and get to meet a bunch of kids with diabetes and just encourage them to take care of themselves and and uh and just tell them about new cool things going on but um doing that but yeah with with my single angels in this town we do angel visits uh i just was like you know we've 
occasionally when we're on the road too, and we have at least two or three hours every morning. And uh, like, you know what? Let's go to Habitat for Humanity Builds and thank those people, and go to hospitals and thank those people for what they do. And it just, it's 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 my little excuse for getting to go see a town and also thank people for doing good things in their community and and being angels in this town and and just creating miracles in people's lives every day. And uh, it's just really, really excited that music and just good vibes are getting tied together with my career. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing that you do. So let's talk a little about your personal life, as they say in in Wikipedia. Uh, Before we get to um, what you do in your, your off times, how do you stay in shape for your grueling tour schedule? And I must tell you, I'm exhausted just sitting and watching one of those shows, <laughs> I have to say. How do you on the road? Because, again, you have you know, so many things to think about. You have to make sure that your diet is good. I'm sure you have to exercise. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to do these concerts. How do you stay? What are some of your, your tips for staying in shape for this kind of grueling effort that you have to do all the time? Uh, my tips for staying in shape for performance shows is play enough shows. It's, I get a great workout every night. It's awesome. <laughs> I just dance harder if I really want a good workout. <laughs> you know, but no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I think that's anybody's life. You know, you just need to watch what you eat and, and work, do some exercise once in a while. But yeah, no, I mean, every stage leads to the next stage. And, uh, you know, um, I, I always think about Bruce Springsteen. I was like, how does that guy run around? He's, he's like rocking it for four hours straight. I need to get on his, you know, exercise plan. But it's all because he runs around four hours a night. It's, you know, one, uh, one mile leads to the second mile to the third mile to the fourth mile, and eventually you get to run a marathon, and, and you do it. And, and it's, uh, it's, I don't think anything's ever overnight when it comes to, uh, you know, being in shape. It's just one step leads to another. And, uh, and it is fun. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry I exhaust you at the shows. So I'll, I'll I'll settle down a little more. <laughs> well, maybe I, you can I, hop up on the stage with us and shake it a little bit. And can we'll, I can I play know. if I had a hammer that one note? I can use it for something. At least all those you guitar could. lessons would not would not go to waste, right? Um, oh, they've never gone to waste. No, I wish, you know, something, it's so important to play an instrument. And I, I really think that, um, you know, in New York City, they're they're cutting back on, on their, their music programs and their arts programs. And I think that's so important because when you play an instrument, I mean, I also started playing the piano and I can play, you know, two notes of Fly Me to the Moon. So unfortunately, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't follow through with my, with my music. And, and I wish I had. I think that's such an important part of, you know, that, of, that could be so, so important partner of your life. Now, Eric, when you're not on the road, you live in Nashville with your beautiful wife, Natalie, uh, and your three dogs, Beta, Solo, yep. and Little Max. Hopefully they're all still here, alive and kicking. Um, I, uh, your lifestyle there, is it, is it considerably different? Do you eat differently? Do you, I mean, you don't get that same kind of exercise as you do for shows on the, on the road, except maybe running after the dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, I stay busy. I stay active and, uh, I think it's just, you know, try to run and work out as much as I can. And, and, and amongst of making records, writing songs and, and all of that. But, um, but yeah, no, Nashville is a really cool place and, and just enjoy living there with my wife and all the, all the pups. But, um, but I just, I think from 10 years old, I was taught to be on this diet, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of a blessing in a way. Cause I was like, my whole life, I'll just be on a healthy diet, you know, 
but um, but uh, it, it, it's kind of funny. I, I look at diabetes, and I think having diabetes kind of made me not afraid to step out on a limb, like to go into the music business, and uh, and also just I, I I've been taught to eat really well my whole life, you know. Um, so I don't know. I think just with anything in life, we all have to look at it with the right eyes, and and sometimes something that seems like a big bummer might might mold you into something that you're supposed to be and you were talking earlier that you know you think everyone should play music and it's like not i don't know if that's calling for everybody you know i think you do a great job being on the radio and, and coming into people's lives every day and encouraging them to do good stuff you know so i think we all have our own our own uh our own road to travel and uh, it's just really cool to get to hang out with you today and share some cool stories of, of good vibes and some cool like, and cool technology to help people with everyday life, especially juvenile diabetics. Oh, well, that, it's really nice to have you. Do, do you want to leave us with just a little advice uh, that you want to share with others who have diabetes? And then you'll tell us how our listeners can get more information about you and, and your tours. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, just all your listeners, it's like, just spread the good vibes and take care of yourself. If, if you do have type 1, type 2 diabetes, don't be afraid to ask for help. And uh, it, it's better to ask for help than to, than to get so sick that you can't reverse the side effects, you know. And, um, and also, if you're dragging your feet on new technology, don't, you know. The moment you do, the moment you step into, into all this cool technology, you'll wonder why you didn't do it sooner. And that's where I'm at now going wow, this is amazing. How have I not been hooked up to a Dexcom CGM for years, you know? So it really is cool. And um, But, yeah, we'll be out touring. I'm touring all the time. You go to ericpassley.com and uh, go t- check out Dexcom. And, and uh, also, uh, we also have a website, angelsinthistown.com, where we're just encouraging people to share uplifting, miraculous stories in their life. And just I love seeing just all these amazing stories make your hair stand on end. But we also have that just for people to share their share uplifting stories about their their lives. So just just really cool. I love that we're getting to talk and music's bringing it all together and uh grateful grateful in a weird in a weird catch twenty two way that for some reason God decided to give me juvenile diabetes and I get to encourage kids with it to take care of themselves and I'm also grateful that I'm been born in a time that there's, you know, so many great doctors and research and, and medicine that, that I can live and have a healthy life. Well, thank you for sharing uh, with us today, and thank you for doing all that you do. And if you're ever looking for a backup <laughs> guitar player, hey. <laughs> I, I'm willing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that, that's our show, everyone. Eric, thank you again. And thank you, my Lori, as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.